eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You're joined by me, David. We've got James in the room and it is a massive welcome return to Rob. Rob, how are you doing? Hello, boys. Nice to be back. Um, Hope you missed me. I hope you missed my bad takes. I'm back for more. Um, My home league update for you, the one that I always start really badly in and end up doing really well in. I'm currently uh, 0-8 and sitting bottom of the league. Going to get relegated this year. Happy days. Other than that, doing all right. Hope you boys are all all right and doing all right with your fantasy teams. We've missed you. Good. Definitely. Missed you too. Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a mixed season for me so far. I lost. I was eight and zero in a league going into last weekend. Finally, lost that record in that one there to send me to eight and one. Uh, but then it's a pretty much bag across the, the rest of the league. Getting uh, ugh, it's a must win game in my home league this weekend. But the person that I'm playing has got Mahomes, uh, Clyde Vizelaire, Tyreek Hill, Ezekiel Elliott, Julio Jones. All on by, so um, <laughs> it's uh, it's what it's a you looked out there, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I, I can't win because if I do win, then well, yeah, you, you're playing nobody. <laughs> if uh, if I lose, I think that's a uh, a quit the league after week 10 scenario. So, uh, fingers crossed after Jonathan Taylor's performance last night, it's not been the best start for me. <laughs> We so James, in due time, <laughs> your fantasy season so far summed up in a short stint. Well, I I, I think across twenty three leagues that you can sort of you know go on a win loss ratio, um about sixty six percent win ratio, I'm about 0.66, which makes you better than Jeff Fisher. Um, but um, yeah, the last week it was incredible because I I had my first ever eighty percent win ratio but got knocked out of my guillotine league, knocked out, well, not knocked out, but effectively dropped out of contention in our auction league. And the one league of records, you know, that I particularly have a look on, I lost as well. So it was a case of I lost all the big ones and I think I lost in the fishbowl as well. So my four losses were four big ones. <laughs> Yikes. But uh, here we are. We're just uh, all sat watching coverage of the Masters in Augusta. It looks a, uh, a lot nicer weather, certainly, than we've had here in the UK the past couple of days, so that should ramp up this weekend. And we started week 10 last night with the AFC South matchup between the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. And Rob, you'll be very pleased with that victory, surely. Yeah, massive victory, massive victory for us. And, um, you know, we had a rough week, the week before last week, Um wasn't going so well and then yeah we've it's a massive divisional game uh for us very important that we won we've got them again in two weeks time uh it's going to be equally important uh green bay in, in next week as well um so a good game for me to watch as one of those i like green bay as well um so yeah it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks for indy but a must must win coming up in two weeks time against tennessee we need to we need to kick on now um that's the problem and Going back to last night's game, I mean, looking at the box score, Jonathan Taylor, 
Uh, I don't know what to do with Jonathan Taylor this year because obviously heading into the season, I was so high on on him and being a second round draft pick, the college numbers that he's put up, it was just, you know, it was too good to be true, clearly, because he's gone to Indy where he's a great, great offensive line and he's just not done anything. And then you look at last night, eight carries for 28 yards. That is not... Well, no, that, that, was, that was Wilkins. Jonathan Taylor was even worse. Oh, I do apologise. I, I just saw I just say saw Jay. Thought it was Taylor. Seven rushes for twelve yards. Oh yeah, even one point yeah, seven a clip. So, oh dear. And and last night, fantasy Twitter was very much. This is the breakout game. This is the breakout game. This is the breakout game. And I think not so much. I think a lot of people were kind of because everyone was saying that Derek Henry was going to have this monster game as well because of how he loves to do on a, on a Thursday night and especially in primetime games, etc. And that Jonathan Taylor was going to step up the other side of the ball for the Colts against not a particularly great Titans rushing defense. Mm. And it, I think his stat line doesn't flatter him because he had a lot of fourth and one carries. He had a couple of goal line carries as well, which sure. again, the fact that he hasn't got a touchdown isn't great. But it was a lot of short yardage situations for for JT, which which does reflect in the scoreline. But Naheem Hines looked better. He was explosive. He was getting the, the first and second down work, and he was having explosive runs instead of just that. Get your three, four, five yards. He was having get the first down on first down. So Naheem Hines looked really good, and of course we know yep. that he can do it through the air. Uh, and Rob, you've you've been saying this throughout the whole season. Philip Rivers loves. This, this kind of running back. And mm. if, if he can dump the ball off to, to a player like Naheim Hines, something's going to happen. And yeah. we, we didn't quite get the, the acrobatics that we saw a couple of weeks ago. I think uh, somebody in Indianapolis has, has said to him, look, we better uh, <laughs> better stop that just in case. But um, we, we, we've got two touchdowns off him again. So, so James, Naheem yeah. Hines, is he somebody that you are targeting for the rest of the season because we know that Indy have got a fantastic schedule for the running backs over the next four weeks so is he someone that you're going out to target before the trade deadline or I was so close last week when we talked about this with you saying that JT was a guy to trade for for the rest of the season because of the matchup and I kind of not battered you off but I kind of disagreed in a way and you know part of the reason was you know how many running backs in there like being utilized and I nearly said I'd rather have Heinz for the value. <laughs> and I backed myself up as well and picked him up in one league and then didn't play him. So, Chris Thompson, it's on you now, mate. But <laughs> painful, that league. But no, Naeem Heinz is actually a guy that schedules so good. But it's the way that the Colts are utilizing the running backs, it does seem to benefit Heinz more than anybody in, in the plus matchups say his smash games were against Jacksonville and the Jets and then Detroit and then this one against Tennessee, all matchups against pretty porous run defences. So the games coming up are going to be, you know, very much in his wheelhouse. And I think you pretty much nailed it with, he's the kind of running back that Phil Rivers is going to, you know, benefit throwing to and feel a bit more confident in the action. And Jonathan Taylor clearly still has a little bit of a fumbling problem. And I think the team is still, shall we say, edgy about it. And, you know, yeah, he one, almost... he's only had one fumble of the season, though. Yeah, it's good. But every, every, time he, every time he looks like doing it, they seem to try and pull him from the game, which mm-hmm. is a bit concerning. And yeah, it's the ineffectiveness yeah. near the goal line as well is a bit of a concern. Yeah. But it's, it's, 
he's still a rookie. He's going to, in sort of well, long term and in dynasty, I think he'll be fine. But the rest of this season, I, I'd, I'd actually rather have Heinz than JT right now for rest of season. And that's kind of a bold statement and probably one that will backfire. But that's just how I feel right now in terms of confidence. The, the thing is with looking at Jonathan Taylor and... I know I'm still pro Jonathan Taylor and I'm still trying to bang out excuses. You look at his stats, right? So preseason, we talked about Jonathan Taylor and I said to you, he's going to be in a committee with Marlon Mack. And yeah. we said, you know, where, where is he going to be around about probably eight to thousand yards was that was a fair sort yeah. of thing to say for Jonathan. Taylor. Well, he's on pace for just under 800 yards. He's on pace for seven touchdowns on the year, rushing touchdowns on the year. And ironically, all these people saying Jonathan Taylor can't catch the ball. He's not a pass catching running back. He's had 203 yards through the air. He's caught 22 out of 23 targets. You know, he's he's got no touchdowns for receiving. I think touchdown, that's the column right there. That's the disappointing one because we was expecting Jonathan Taylor to be the goal line back, to be the guy that was going to do it for Indy in the red zone. That's the disappointing thing. But Actually, is it that bad? I mean, it feels that bad. I know firsthand as an indie fan, it, it feels that <laughs> bad. It does. But statistically, this is a, a roundabout where we thought he'd be when we had Marlon Mack in. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, Marlon Mack has gone out, so it, we expected it to be 1,200 yards rushing. And we expected him to, I don't know, I think for a rookie, maybe we're expecting a bit too much of him. Maybe he needs this season. Maybe Philip Rivers isn't there next year. Maybe there's a change. Maybe, you, you know, it's, I mean, you look at Zeke Elliott, for example, and you look at the games this season, he's played with Dak and you look at the stats that he's got with Dak and then without Dak yeah. quarterback matters. And if he's not got the relationship with Philip Rivers, clearly the Hines has some sort of, Austin Eckler kind of comp here, like we said at the beginning of the season, there is a relationship. Taylor's obviously not got that, but Taylor's going to be there longer than Philip Rivers. So there is hope, and I still have got that hope. And I still think that JT, before the season's out, is going to have a good game. I think he's going to have a 100-yard game. Don't know when it's going to come. Um, On the other side of the ball, as you just mentioned with Derek Henry as well, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but he's the first 100-yard rusher Indianapolis have, have allowed for... A long time. I want to say two seasons. I am not privy to that stat, but that, that sounds about right. Like, the, I know they didn't have any for a calendar year. I believe um, maybe one. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm back. I'm not backing myself with this statistic. <laughs> I should have probably looked it up before I said it. Uh, but I know I certainly know that they don't allow hundred yard rushes very often. So this is uh, for him just to to go over hundred yards is you know a good a good thing for for him. But obviously you expect it from one of the best running backs in the league. Yeah, and considering the, the fact that he got 19 carries, uh, Deontay Foreman got seven, McNichols got three, uh, considering, I think that just shows how quickly this game got away from, from Tennessee, because yeah. when, when I went to bed at the, the end of the third quarter, the game was finally balanced. Um, uh, Tennessee Tennessee, Tennessee were, were very much in this game when, when I went to bed. So that mm. explains why the Tennessee have been able to rush the ball, but it, it's ultimately two punts that have, have let this team down. So yep. uh, Trevor Daniels has 
from his own end zone has punted for 17 yards, which you just cannot do. You need to get that ball towards that halfway line because you've just given the Colts points. And then obviously the blocked one as well. We're not we're not going to blame the punter on that one. It was it was a, it was a great play uh, coming through the, the line from speed, but um, still it, it's two special teams plays that have really cost the Titans there. And in a game, a divisional game that was so close, you cannot afford to make two mistakes like that, which is ultimately won Indianapolis the game. But you. There's three phases to this game, and you've got to play well in all three in order to win matchups. What are your what, what's your worry level on AJ Brown? Um, five, oh, where are we? Uh, one reception of, of four targets, 21 yards uh, this week. Obviously, 100, 101 yards the week before, but before then, four receptions. 24 yards um he's only broken 100 yards twice and that was one of them was 101 I, I any worries for aj brown he, the yeah. touchdowns are still there yeah well because aj brown is a big play wide receiver he relies on these yards sure. to catch plays where he breaks free and when he's dropping 70 yard touchdowns like i'd have caught that ball that that was in his hands um sure. on, on that play if, if, if he's dropping those catches that he makes a career off yeah of course mm-hmm. i'm going to get worried because he's he's not going to get 15 targets a game for 10 receptions like deandre hopkins he, he's not that kind of player he's he's going to get five six targets a game and he's going to take them for the 100 yards and a touchdown because of the kind of player he is so yeah definite worry if, he, if he's going to drop those and I, yeah a drop's a drop every every nfl player has a drop but um that, that was a bad one for him last night. And I guess copy and paste for Johnny Smith. Are you worried about him at all? Because, I mean, he started the season, starting the season so well. Um, and now he's only had one good week in the last, what, five or six? And that was just because of a touchdown. I was going to say, I think he was a, he was kind of a, on alert about three or four weeks ago when it was, you know, two dug games in a row against Houston and Pittsburgh. Yeah. So... I mean, he got they say he got the Russian touchdown in this game, which feels just so wrong to say. But there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that's yeah, he's he's become a touchdown dependent tight end. But I suppose in you know the current fantasy landscape, most touchdowns yeah. are touchdown. Uh, sorry, most tight ends are touchdown dependent. Jeez, um, unless your name's Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. Or George, um, basically anyone else is on injured reserve. So yeah, um, yeah, there, there, there you too. Good luck, good luck if you've got yeah. anyone else. Just cross your fingers for pay dirt. So yeah, I, yeah. it's one of those. Ways. I think Johnny Smith's you know touchdown potential is probably higher than a lot of other tight ends at the moment. But in in a lot of matchups, you're probably going to be he's in the streaming rotation like anyone else, depending on just how active your league is for tight ends, really. Yeah, completely. And I think the encouraging thing about Johnny Smith is that, well, I don't want to say it's encouraging that the rest of the the tight end landscape is so bad, but the encouraging thing for me about Johnny Smith is that they are using him in different ways. So he did have the the goal line carry last night on the end of rounds to get the touchdown. Um, And he did get six targets as well. So there is the opportunity there for him. They are getting him into the game script. They do see him as a piece in that offense. So production will automatically come off the back of that. And even though it wasn't the greatest amount of production last night, he has got big playability as well, because early in the season, um, it was two receptions, like about 80 yards, wasn't it, for two touchdowns. And one was a a big, long play. So he has got that big playability. But again, he could easily goose egg of a week. And I I think you've just got to suck that up sometimes. But at this stage of your fantasy season, 
would you rather have Jimmy Graham at this point than Johnny Smith in your lineup? Probably. Well, J- Jimmy Graham's got quite a good schedule run- in the rundown in He's the playoffs. Schedule, yeah. So it's hard. And to be honest, with the way that the Bears' offense is running, you feel like if it's not Alan Robinson, it's probably Jimmy Graham. Even though Mooney's making great strides, I still think you. Jimmy Graham is one of the most likely touchdown reception, you know, receivers, shall we say, for that team. So, you know, especially with the way that Alan Robinson tends to be used more in the possession game. So, Graham's still a better play, I think, at the moment. But, you know, he's probably taken in most leagues now. You've probably got Johnny Smith on your team. And, you know, your waiver wire is looking like a combination of Robert Tonyan, Earth Smith, and if maybe Eric Ebron at a push in some leagues. And it's in that case, I would stick with Johnny, even with my recent, you know, benefit, shall we say, benefits of Eric Ebron in a few of my teams. Yeah, and Ebron's one that's got a, a nice few fixtures coming up for him. So there are a couple of other options out there that would be, and yeah, like I say, James, it depends on the depth of your league and it depends whether Graham yeah. and Ebron are out there because if we're talking uh, DFS, then. Then yeah, we are looking at other players, but uh, in this tight end market, Graham and Ebron are probably owned. T. Y. Hilton, sorry, Eugene Hilton. Uh, he, uh. <laughs> I'm not going to say it was a big game for him last night, but five targets, four receptions, forty yards, eight points in PPR leagues. That is a lot more than he's had in in recent weeks. Five targets. Are we are we starting to get excited, or is is he done? Is uh. this is just the I, I just want to look slightly higher up that receiving um, box score and see the name Michael Pittman. Yeah. With seven receptions for 101 yards off eight targets and sort of say past future. Yeah. And sort of say that Hilton is, I mean, there's, there's every possibility that T.Y. Hilton might sort of not, well, I suppose echo Larry Fitzgerald is maybe a decent way of putting it. <laughs> In that he'll sort of he'll still be there, he'll still have that loyalty, but he'll regress into a different role, which isn't particularly fantastic for fantasy, but is potentially very good for bringing through the receivers. Michael Pittman has, well, in this game, he showed that he's gonna, you know, have the ability and be able to take on the extra workload. Shall we say? It wasn't the greatest game for you know everybody else. Shall we say? You know, Marcus Johnson didn't get a catch. Pascal had four for 33, which, you know, is still decent, but not earth-shattering. But um, when you've got Naeem Hines catching passes as well at the moment, you've got to take what you can get. Oh, and of course, the Colts tend to use the tight end a lot, and they had two out there that are pretty beastly, and each robbed work off each other. So it's it's a tricky landscape in that team, but, um, you know... There could be weeks where Hilton flashes and you know gets the highest the uh, you know the highest reception scores, but it won't be a particularly high total just because of how much it's spread out. Mm. Yeah, Hilton's on a contract year. I don't think he's going to get extended next year. Um, I think his time in is done. Well, I think it all depends on that. All depends on Paris Campbell injuries and whether you know Pittman can stay fit for the rest of the season. But I think T.Y. Hilton's pretty much done now. And I wonder if the next few weeks, like we said, we what was it, four for 40 yesterday? So um, better 
if, if he has a good end to the season, then possibly. Maybe that's on the back of his mind. Um, maybe his nan's getting to him. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I'd like to see, I'd like to see him stay on. Um, but if he's going to, you know, he's, he's just hit 30. 30 is not old. I'm 32. I don't feel, I don't feel old. Like, I feel like, I don't, bit, like I've just hit 30 and I don't feel like I could run his route. Well, no, but I feel like I could be a good offensive tackle. I mean, I've got the I've got the weight. <laughs> um, no, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, this is the start of a sort of a um, bounce back season for for, for ba- bounce back second half of the season for T.Y. We'll see the renaissance of Eugene. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like a novel that needs writing. This sounds like a fancy team name for next year, James. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I just want to give a shout out to Corey Davis, who grabbed five balls for 67 yards. And considering the tragic news that he'd had the day before with his yeah. brother's passing, Titus Davis, that is just a remarkable feat. And there's just no way of knowing how an NFL player is going to react in, in different ways. And of course, we, we we respect any player and how they choose. Some some sit out a couple of games and some go straight back in to, to suit up and play. And obviously, Corey Davis was the leading receiver for the Titans yesterday. It was heartbreaking to see him emotional, stood on the sidelines just with, with tears streaming down his face. So thoughts out to the Davis family in this awful time. But uh, yeah, big shout out to Corey Davis there with his five grabs for 67 yards. So that was Thursday Night Football. Colts take the division lead and will uh, look to extend that further. I think that two game, being 2-0 and in the tiebreaker against the Titans would be absolutely huge for Indy. But we turn our attentions to the rest of the fantasy matchups for the weekend. So Rob, it's your first one back. So who do you want to go into a dive on for this weekend? Let's head into... Jacksonville versus Green Bay. I was for a second I just forgot who I said I was going to preview there. Um yeah, let's 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 head into this one just because you know it's um interesting that the Jags have got um Jake Luton. Yeah, uh, in his second game um playing at Lambeau Field. Good luck, bud. Um, good job. There's no fans there. I think I'd be a bit daunting if it, if it was. But test. no, he had, a, he had a good week last week, I think. Um, so, you know, it could be a, a, a another half-decent game. I'm not expecting anything really from the wide receivers. I do believe my boy Visca is out this yes. week, unfortunately. Yep. Um, so, so, yeah, I think James Robinson has been a standout player for me this year. He's been absolutely phenomenal. I think, again, uh, you can run on Green Bay. James Robinson is is one of the centerpieces in, in that offense. Come out of nowhere in the offseason um, and has been everything that we wanted Fournette to be <laughs> uh, for the Jags. So, uh, obviously, you're starting James Robinson there. On the other side of the ball, someone it can someone stop Devontae Adams? Not this week. Not the Jags. Um, it's going to continue. The, the 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 I haven't got the stats in front of me. I just know that he's been brilliant the last few or three or four weeks to one of the Adams ever since he's come back from that injury. Um, Aaron Rodgers, load him up. Um, Aaron Jones, I believe, is is back. Um, so he is good to go. And he, yeah, there's two or three pieces on that Green Bay um, team that you're you can just auto start. The question is who's going to pick up the the sort of the slack for the second wide receiver role. Uh, Valdez Scantlin, I believe, had it was it Scantlin who had the week last week. Uh, yeah, two good week. Last week, yeah, yeah. So could it be him again? Um, 
thoughts thoughts on those thoughts on who else could be uh, fancy relevant in this game, gents. Is if Lazard? It depends if Lazard comes off IR. It, they still haven't confirmed it yet, but right. you know, there's a lot of yeah, you know, there's a lot of talk saying that he could be. He's been practicing for the last sort of week and a half, so it's looking like he could play. It's just up to the team whether they want to. I mean, let's be honest. Against the Jags, when you already have Adams and Jones as you know linchpin players, you don't really have to rush him back. I sure. don't think, and. I mean, in this game, one thing to bear in mind uh, at Lambeau, it is meant to be, you know, not the best weather. So 25 mile an hour winds and a little bit gusty and a bit wet. So I'm, I'd be very, very, you know, edgy of starting any wide receiver other than Devontae Adams, even if, you know, it is a MVS as the only second option, shall we say, which, you know, speaks well for Aaron Jones and speaks well for James Robinson as well. I just think... Chart's going to get completely marked out of the game, and I don't think yeah. Luton's going to want to throw in that weather. No, Jerry Alexander, I, I don't think he'll let yeah. GJ Shark get near the ball. And even though Aaron Rodgers is a California boy, he is used to playing in that frozen tundra by now. Devontae Adams, I think they're weatherproof. Is that a, is that a thing? Um, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that connection you could pretty much put as weatherproof. It's, there's some kind of tape across those two that just means that water does not get in. Yeah. They are IP65 for anyone who knows technical terms. Watertight. Water is that what we're saying? All, all I know, all, all I know is that American advert where he just gets the <laughs> gets the black piece of tape and slaps it on that um, yeah. big barrel of water that, that's, that's leaking. That out. is the Jags defense, funnily. Yeah. Um, the one that where it falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mat- matchup proof and waterproof combination. A waterproof. I've, yeah, I've never heard a, a, a wide we've got, receiver. We've got miles of here. Um, <laughs> described as waterproof, but yeah, it should be a comfortable Packers win, which I was going to say very often means that it probably won't be, but in Lambeau Field against a team from Florida who were one in seven and looking for Trevor Lawrence, I don't even think this could be a shock. Uh, result. I don't, I don't think the Jaguars at this point in the season will want it to be a shock result um, because, yeah, they, they need Trevor Lawrence. I the don't Jets think, don't get him. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think they'll get him because the Jets won't win a game, but um, certainly winning two games, the, the Jaguars would be would be way off the pace. Well, if you, uh, the listener, divert your eyes to www.410yards.com, you will see that last week I put out my uh, mock draft 1.0 for for April already. We're the our college podcast. We all did it. Uh, we've all did our mocks, and you will see um, exactly where I think the Jags will go. Uh, they are currently projected projected to be the 103 pick. So if you want to go see what quarterback I give them, then go check that out. David is quickly looking on the full 10 yards website, even though he <laughs> did actually read this article. Um, okay, James. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, <laughs> James, who are you going with to look into this weekend? Well, I'm going somewhere else where the weather's not exactly looking fantastic at the moment, and that is Cleveland, who have got a matchup against the Houston Texans coming up this weekend. And it's another game where it could be 20, 25, 30 mile an hour winds, a bit wet and not at all nice weather if you are Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield. So it's one of those games where you would like to think that the running game will dominate. 
And, you know, for Cleveland, it's reasonably obvious that, well, I say it's reasonably obvious. We're still waiting to 100% hear whether Nick Chubb is going to be available for this game. He's still not been reactivated off IR, but the belief of a lot of people is that he will be. Certainly, I know all the fantasy platforms have got him as projecting points. So um, that's usually a reasonable indicator uh, when it's going, you know, to be activated. When it's, you know, going down, it's a terrible judge. But, um, yeah, the, the Texans are terrible against the run, full stop, to be honest. They've been just shipping points all season. I think they are, is it the third worst over, the, over everybody, I believe? Depends what scoring system you use. But... Hunt and Chubb are both going to have value and they should just run all over them to the point that I almost would say Baker, Landry, Higgins, Hooper are pretty much all bench unless you have, you know, bye week and injury issues and you have to plug them in and, you know, due to league depth. But right now I would be trying to find any alternative options on that offense right now. Um it does make sort of the Cleveland defense quite an interesting play, I think, though. Um, I don't know what you boys' opinion is on this, but Houston are missing David Johnson, or at least it looks likely he won't clear concussion protocol, which means Duke Johnson revenge game coming. However, Duke Johnson as your primary running back doesn't feel that much of a threat then again, David Johnson didn't necessarily either. <laughs> if the passing game from Deshaun Watson is potentially hampered slightly by the weather, do you feel the Cleveland defense is actually a reasonable option this week? Or am I reading too much into blowy conditions? Potentially. And I, th- I think we do have to remember that uh, Deshaun Watson has got the, the rushing ability himself. I don't think they'll game plan him to do that too much, but he did get his season high uh, rushing last week. So potentially, potentially, Deshaun Watson has has got a pick or two in his locker. He's he's not perfect from that point of view. I, I like I like the Browns' defensive line. I, I I like the Browns' defense. I think they're quite talented, and I think they can go after a quarterback. And Houston have got a pretty middle of the line, average to bad O line. So. That's what I look for with the weather as well. Yeah, I think it could be a good defensive game for Cleveland. I would start them personally. I am, in fact, in a couple of leagues. They're actually interesting defense to keep eye on because I think in, in fantasy playoff time, they get the Giants and the Jets in successive weeks. Mm. So it's, Ooh. you know, if you if you feel like you can play them this week, just, just have a look at the schedule and think and look at your bench and think, if it's deep enough, do I keep them around? Because that is a tasty run. Um, but, yeah, I mean, carrying on with Houston, it's one of those where Will Fuller is fit and available. Brandon Cooks is fit and available. Um, Randall Cobb is still there, fit and available. They still have two tight ends who are now going to keep robbing work off each other again, which, you know, tight end landscape, it's tight end by committee everywhere so far. So it gets very difficult to, uh, you know, suggest either of them because you just don't know if either will take off so it's one way you probably still have to play cooks or fuller just by roster construction i would imagine for most people but it's one of those temper expectations weeks i think because um not saying that the uh, browns defense is good they are not fantastic against um receivers shall we put it that way but it's still, you know, the weather does scare me a little bit. And 
you are relying heavily on the yards after catch because I suspect the throws might go a little bit shorter, which is why I, I'd say I prefer Cooks over Fuller this week. But um, I've been wrong many a time before. It could actually be a decent week for Randall Cobb, think about it. But yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I just, I'm just really finding it really difficult to bench Will Fuller at the moment. I know, I know we've got the weather. I know they'll, they'll concentrate the, the defense on the pass. But how many weeks in a row now is it that he's had a, a touchdown? Is it six that he's in a row that he's had a touchdown? It's every it's, run has to finish at some point. It does. And we've been saying how amazing it is that it does have to end somewhere. I mean, since week three. And, and this is including week three. In fact, he only, I think week two, he only had like one play and then was out for the rest of the game. But every week he is in PPR got either 10, above 10 points or 9.5 in the only one where he didn't. Yeah. And that still included a touchdown. So he has been a consistent performer all year, but he's not been in this kind of environment yet. And we've always said with Will Fuller that, you know, it's health inconsistency and I, I almost want to suggest that law of averages says this is the game he gets injured but oh, I think no. this is actually more likely to be the game where he just you know all those you know records and runs of touchdowns and everything probably comes to an end he'll still not you know be completely rubbish he'll probably still outperform many you know most of the wide receivers on the waiver wire but he'll still not be your weak winner like he might have been against Tennessee a few weeks back yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And going from a game where weather could be a factor, we are going to a game where weather can't be a factor to New Orleans, where the 49ers take on the Saints in the Dome in a repeat of the game of last season. And it's just every single week at the moment we're saying we're saying about the 49ers where, oh, yes, they, 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 did, they did that in this game last season, but it is such an entirely different roster to the one that they had in the same situation last year. And obviously everybody remembers the, the famous George Kittle run where he's dragging about four defenders on his back um, in, in the dome, but obviously no George Kittle this week. It is a very, very different 49ers team, but it's just starting to get there with 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 health. So uh, Brandon Ayuk is set to be back this week. And although uh, Tevin Coleman and Debo Samuel are both doubtful for this one, uh, Richie James obviously went off against the Packers on Thursday Night Football last week. Uh, we've got Kendrick Bourne in the lineup there. Uh, Raheem Mostert won't be playing this one, I don't believe, but um, he is he is not far from from returning to that lineup either. Uh, Jared McKinnon, obviously, he had his sore legs in the the couple of games before the the Packers game, but but he's getting back into it as well. And Nick Mullins, he's not going to set the world on light. He's he's not going to ever be the, the MVP of the league, but he just about gets enough done with with the pieces that he's got to, to keep the 49ers honest. I'm trying to trying to build myself up here to, to convince myself that we've that we've got a chance. But um it's I think it'll be a closer game than than people are giving us credit for. And that's because the last time we did see the 49ers was in prime time when they got absolutely walloped by the Green Bay Packers. But the Saints, potentially the best best team in the NFC, they obviously came back off the, the win last week against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they embarrassed Tom Brady. But if you look, uh, Drew Brees is questionable with a right shoulder injury, obviously his throwing shoulder, which is a big one for a quarterback. And Michael Thomas is questionable with a ankle slash hamstring. Now, reading between the lines, I just believe that's they're just taking it easy with him because obviously he had his... 
high ankle sprain and then straight into his, his hamstring problem. I believe that they will just be taking it easy with him and he will be playing on Sunday, but I am not a doctor. So we will look at, into that nearer the time. We look at Jared, uh, not Jared, Jordan Reed. Rule 81, does that apply to this game, gents? Ooh, I think it might do, actually. I'm struggling, but... I hope I it think does, because I've might... got him started two or three places. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's one of those where la- last week, it didn't, Rule 81 didn't necessarily work, because even though he played, he literally was like, you know, only just past fit at the time and hadn't really got a lot of practice in, so... They were, and they, to be fair, 49ers were in complete scramble mode last week, hence why Richie James went so absolutely mad, which, you know, I think, was, was great to watch them last year, a fantasy owner. I think they took him off the IR literally the morning of, didn't they? So he had, yeah. he had no training at all. Yeah, so. yeah you, if you had him in your leagues, if you'd picked him up to replace Kettle, you were very much having to wait until, you know, an hour before kickoff before actually slotting him in your lineup. Yeah. And, you know, in, in some places, um, I think Flea Flicker, amongst others, some places they lock players if their game is that night. Uh, and it was the early game. It was the Thursday game. So you pretty much couldn't pick up a replacement in some leagues, which was horrible. But yeah, um, it's 10-day rest. I I believe in him. And the, the 49ers are going to have to pass in this one. Uh, if, if Trent Williams is back at, at left tackle. Obviously, he missed the last game through uh, being put in the, the COVID protocols. So I, I'm confident. I'm starting Jeremy McKinnon. I'm starting Brandon Ayuk. I'm starting Jordan Reed, and I think we will give the the Saints a go. I don't think we'll win, yeah. but I think we'll uh, give them more of a go than, than people are expecting. So, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, their their status going into Sunday is one that we need to watch and one that we will update you on. Uh, if both start, then you start them in your fantasy lineups. Alvin Kamara, of course, starts. It's it's not the best matchup for him. The 49ers have been decent against running backs this season, but I am still starting him in my lineup. Adam Troutman, Rob, we were talking about this earlier in the week. You uh, you backed him at the start of the season and he got his uh, touchdown last week. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. Um... It takes a while for tight ends to get into it. Sometimes it takes the whole season. And I think it's the case for Alan Troutman, but it's good that he's getting a look in. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's one to stash on your dynasty rosters for sure. Yeah, I saw the uh, the video. He got announced wrong. So they announced that it was Josh Hill that caught the touchdown on the on the commentary. And then uh, I don't know if you saw it, but on the, the big scoreboard, they had the receiving leaders and they had Adam, Adam Troutman listed. But it was a picture of Jared Goff. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> so like fantastic just, uh, Jared Goff oh, the really, level of disrespect just, wow. like, <laughs> how how the, the, he's not called Jared not something like Goff he's not a tight end the, neither neither team was, was the LA Rams so like you, you've had a real nightmare there they, they look a little bit similar I, I guess if you if you put a picture of them side by side but Crikey, like you'd, you'd think the people that work in a stadium <laughs> that are projecting images onto a big scoreboard for well, obviously there wasn't um 70,000 people there seeing it, but you'd think there'd be some level of quality control there to, to prevent well, you say that, but you think that uh, a certain a certain TV channel with its own NFL dedicated channel would start getting things right once in a while, but they still put the wrong information up every freaking week. <laughs> Touche. I, I remember when uh, <laughs> the 49ers got pictures as having the Aberdeen Aberdeen logo. It's just like... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's every week. It's comical, isn't it? Yeah, it's comical. You almost think, are they doing it on purpose? Those little nuggets blow up social media, viral, etc., etc. But it's like, like last week, like and I, they have college football on. They have, they've had Notre Dame on the last two or three weeks, which is great for me being a Notre Dame fan. Um, but they was like advertising it as, oh, Notre Dame versus Clemson. Clemson, the, the reigning champions. No, nope. uh, no, they're not. No, that's, that's LSU. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and it was just uh, and Trevor Lawrence is going to be the quarterback. No, he's he's not. He's got COVID. Um, no, it's just like, come on, guys, sort it out. It's it's get someone knowledgeable in there. In there, but anyway, we digress. Just waiting we... for a Notre Dame game where they've got a picture of Quasimodo as the quarterback. <laughs> back and not sorry time. hunchback not quarterback <laughs> oh, my. oh no you would you you say yourself oh no uh, i've been trying to prepare that one in for two years i fell straight into james's pun trap yeah can we move on yes definitely rob who is the second game that you would like to cast your spotlight on please I would like to cast the spotlight on the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to the Miami Dolphins. And uh, yeah, who'd have thought, who'd have thunk that the uh, Miami Dolphins defense is decent? Um, it is decent. It's been very good the last couple of weeks and they've been good to watch. Um, Los Angeles Chargers, uh, by the way, the weather here, still clear, uh, clear skies, sunny day, 28 degrees. You know, you can't get much better than that. It's perfect weather for, for football in Miami. Um, last week, can anyone tell me who the lead rusher was for the Miami Dolphins? It's uh, Salvin yeah. Ahmed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> David, have you got a Christmas jumper on? Sorry, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> we're an hour or something into the show, and I can see. This. Yeah, he's got, he's got a ho 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 yo yo. <laughs> Oh, I have. I uh, tweeted out earlier in the week that uh, I am not a Christmassy person. I don't get into the Christmas spirit. Oh, James, oh, got the James tree. has got his Christmas tree up. Oh, my Albeit. God. <laughs> remember, of course, that when the baby comes to me, I have no chance to enjoy Christmas or celebrate it. I have no time to put trees up. I'm just going to be dealing with kid all the time. So. I had to, yeah, we, had, we basically had to deal with the whole man. thing in December. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not the, I'm not a Christmassy person until the 24th of December when I finish work and go straight to the pub. But this year, for the last week, I've been wearing Christmas jumpers. I've been listening to the Christmas tunes. It's out of character for me, and I think I'm going to get burnt out of Christmas by about the 15th of November, and then mm. resent it even more for the next month and a half. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sat, I'm rocking the Christmas. You, you, <laughs> You're even rocking the Movember as well, which is just fantastic. Anyway, let's go back to Salvan Ahmed, shall we? Nine, uh, seven carries for 38 laughs last year, last year, last week. Um, Jordan Howard's back, guys. Ten carries, 19 yards. Oof. He's back to his best, but he did get in the end zone, of course, because it's Jordan Howard. When he plays, he scores touchdowns but gets no yards. Uh, receiving wise, Devante Parker led the show last week for six sixty-four. Preston Williams got the touchdown. Um, I think it's going to be much the same for the Dolphins uh, the Chargers defense has been uh, it's been tough to watch actually um, for someone who was all over the Chargers defense of fantasy this year I really I was drafted from everywhere thinking you know the big names have got on that defense they really should be doing better than what they are um, but they're beatable they're beatable uh, on the ground as well uh, and through the air uh, and Miami are on a roll at the moment they're looking fantastic on the other side of the ball um, 
not so much on a roll, more of a, a what's the opposite of a roll? Stop. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing anything at the moment, are they? The, the Chargers, bless them. Um, even though Justin Herbert looks like a MVP candidate right now, uh, which is bizarre. Um, so yeah, passing game, fantastic. Um, we're looking, you know, Keenan Allen's is is his role from years previous with Rivers has carried on to this year. He's getting all the targets, getting all the yards. Um, so you can go ahead and start him. Uh, where it gets sticky for the Chargers is at running back. Uh, last week, uh, Kalen Balage, fantastic Kalen Balage, the guy that couldn't even get in at the Jets, 15 yards, 69, 15 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. And I think it's going to happen again because Joshua Kelly is rubbish. Uh, done nothing this year, has not taken his chances. He has had a golden opportunity to be the guy for the Chargers, and he's not taking it. The Justin Jackson is out. Um, Austin Eckler, very, very doubtful to return this week. I don't think he will. So it's going to be the same. Kellen Balage, Joshua Kelly on a team that you can run on the on the Dolphins. Fancy wise, have given up uh, twenty four points per game to uh, to uh, opposition running backs. So there is points there to be had for the running game. I don't know whether it's going to be really beneficial for you to start uh Kalen Balage or Joshua Kelly so I wouldn't bother uh but Keenan Allen you're definitely starting um Mike Williams is coming back into the fray a little bit five for 81 last week he could have another nice week uh seems to be getting some link up with uh Justin Herbert finally um and then it's pick your poison between Jalen Guyton Gabe Neighbors Donald Parham or Joe Reed one of them is going to have a probably a big rush a big big receiving uh touchdown because it tends to happen every week from one of those guys goes off. Um, but yeah, pick your poison. Um, it's going to be a steady game. And I expect the Dolphins to carry on their fantastic role and for the Chargers to carry on their anti-role. Well, that's, yeah. Let's let's go the Miami Dolphins on their playoff push. James, anything to add to that one? No, I think that's pretty much how I see it as well. Um Tua doesn't necessarily have to be effective to, for them to win, but um, this is a game that actually does kind of work well for him at this point. Um, losing Preston Williams might hurt, but um, that means Devontae Parker, you can play with a tiny bit more confidence than you did. And I think this is this could be the re-rise of Gisicki. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm hoping, because... Uh, to be honest, of the two tight ends in this matchup, and this was one thing I was hoping would come up, was Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki, which would you rather have in your fantasy lineup this week? Um... <laughs> we were talking about how bad the tight end landscape was. And this is a genuine potential conundrum because Gesicki has been available on a fair few waiver wires after the terrible sort of early yeah. on. He started to wheel it back round, and with Preston Williams gone, I'm kind of re you know, retuning into the Gesicki belief. And Much I've been pretty hard on Hunter Henry a lot this year. Yeah. Just well, Hunter Henry, yeah, uh, funny enough, I was having this argument with my best mate earlier today. Hunter Henry's only had, I think, I believe he's only had two games over 10 fantasy points and half point per scoring this season. Uh, Gesicki has had a couple of 
breakout games. I think this will breakout games. He's had a couple of nice games this year, I believe. Um, so yeah, I, I would go with Gisicki personally, because especially with Preston Williams out as well, there's obviously uh, less mouths to feed. Um, Preston Williams obviously getting the touchdown last week. So you, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd go Gisicki for, for this one for sure. A little bit of breaking news, just going back again, Debo Samuel has just officially been ruled out of this weekend's match. Wow, so. wow, wow. Oh, good. I can put him in my IR slot and pick up someone else off the waivers. <laughs> That's what I love about the IR spot. It's just like, come on, come on, come on. He's out, he's out. Put him in the IR, put him in the IR. <laughs> Go work. <laughs> like that was CMC, I think, now is in that boat as well. So, uh yeah, it's, just, it's always worth keeping an eye on the news. As soon as you see it breaking that they're going to IR, if you know you have them in your roster and you have an empty IR slot waiting for them, just get ready, go for it, and then go, you know, pill for the waiver uh, wire. Yeah, but then it's it's trying to figure out which of your leagues allow out players to be on your IR or not. Because I know I've had Sammy Watkins on my bench for so long because he won't he won't go on to an IR in a league. And just every single week, it's just like Oh no, no, he's still out. He's still out, and it's just like it's, it's got so long now that Sammy. It's like, why is he not gone on to IR? Why have I been wasting this roster space on Sammy Watkins for all these weeks? So yeah, just uh... Debo one comes in handy though because I've been I was waiting for someone who would become IR eligible so that I could bring Nick Chubb out of it. So uh, if yeah. Nick Chubb's activated, I can just do straight swap now Debo for Chubb, and I ain't got to worry about dropping anyone. Yeah, Wait. it has been a, it uh, has been a fun yeah. season for. Yeah. Managing your eye spots, it has uh, certainly been a fun one indeed. So, Rob, anything to add to your Chargers Dolphins takes? Who who's going to win the game? You've already said the Dolphins, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Dolphins win. Dolphins win as two a tongue of Iowa marches on towards the AFC playoffs. James, who have you got next? So I'm going for well, if if my earlier game was a potential. Slight side note, Duke Johnson revenge game. Then this is a potential side note, John Brown revenge game. So we're talking the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. And this is a game which, to me, has all the makings of a shootout. Um, yeah. <laughs> basically, basically, this is one of those ways. Play your receivers, play your quarterbacks. The running backs... Ew pinch of salt unless they're called Chase Edmonds. Um, and do either team even have a tight end of note? You know, Tyler Croft, the Tomb Raider? No. So, yeah, this this could be reasonably straightforward, to be honest. I think this is where um, DeAndre Hopkins comes back into his own and has one of his monster games, potentially. Um, Christian Kirk's been getting the work done in recent weeks where Hopkins hasn't been necessarily receiving in terms of, you know, completing the catches. But a lot of those times he's been getting um, defensive pass interference instead. So it's still moving the chains. It's just not very helpful for fantasy. But I think this could be a week where both of them get work heavily and both are useful. And Kyler Murray is still going to be both passing them the ball and using his own feet. I don't think it's going to be another 100-yard rushing game by any means. But it's this, there's the potential for another, you know, over 50, I would imagine. Um, the Bills can be run on quite nicely. So someone like Kyler, who, you know, they're very inventive with him in the offense, is a very good, you know, choice. Kyler Murray is always going to be a top quarterback each week, let's be honest. So you're not even considering whether you play him or not. You just do. 
Uh, in many ways, Josh Allen is in the same boat with the way he's been performing this year. And he has three decent wide receivers that you can, in many ways, right? And some, some people are arguing that he's building up to four. Um, where, the way you've got Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Gabriel Davis coming through the ranks. And he's sort of a guy that I think I mentioned in the hype train earlier in the week about if you're in a dynasty league and you're looking for players for, few, for sort of next season, if you're effectively out of the playoff contention for this one, and you're thinking of, you know, well, I'm going to get rid of some Deadwood and stash some really good potential for the future. He's one to keep an eye on. Um, depends a lot on the contract situation for everyone else. But that's, you know, an offense where there's a chance for all of them to click and all of them to score. Um, so that's going to be exciting. The Singletary-Moss combination is in that, if I have to, just you're only considering them purely because there's so few other running backs out there and the waiver wires are just devoid of talent. Yeah. So you, you probably are forced into them. To, depends on, you know, people like um, if Daryl Henderson can play for, um, is it Daryl? Um, for the Rams. Yeah. I think I've got the wrong. So Darnell Anderson. Yeah. So um, yeah, if, he, if he's Anderson. out, then you're probably forced in, you know, Things like situations like that, shall we say? But um, yeah, I, I I think this is one where we're going over fifty five points comfortably, and both teams might well well both teams should get over twenty six, I reckon. But what do you two think? I've just seen that on the ESPN website that the Cardinals are fifty nine percent favourites to win this one. I'm I'm not so sure after what the Bills did to to Seattle last week. It, to me, this is a very good toss-up, which is why I think it'd be high scoring because I think it'd be end-to-end. I mean, the only other thing of note is Kenyon Drake is still questionable, and I think from the reports I've seen, it's leaning more towards out than in. Uh, and even if he's in, he's going to be very limited. So, which is why I sort of said at the beginning that Chase Edmonds is the one running back in this matchup that I can trust well, that you would play in your running back position. Kyler Murray is probably the best runner in that game with Josh Allen possibly second. Um, although some would say that's a disservice to Chase Edmonds, but there you go. Um, I'd still say, though, that this this really could go either way. This is one of those where, you know, if the Bills win, I don't think you could call it an upset legitimately. And same with Arizona, but Kyler Murray is probably the difference maker between the two. I would imagine. So I can understand you know, where the hype's going and why that would be a high percentage. But still, I mean, this is one I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, it'll be a, a very good game, this one. And, and like I said, I'm firmly of the belief that it will be a shootout. Neither team will want to concede because the Cardinals, if well, if the Cardinals win and the Rams beat the Seahawks, uh, all three teams will be on six and three sat atop of the NFC West. So... Oh, such a good division. And if, the, and if the Niners beat the Saints, they're five and five. Yes. <laughs> just, 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 to, just to get the completion. Yeah, just wanted to, yeah, make sure everyone knows that. Which there are four is games. only one game behind, but we haven't had our bye week yet, so we're still in with a shout. All of them to play. 
<laughs> it's in but, your own hands then yeah exactly it's in your own hands 49ers if you don't win the division then it's you've got nobody else to blame but yourselves going into New Orleans on Sunday <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's it the NFC this year if you've got to go through either New Orleans Green Bay or Seattle so just three horrible horrible places to go in, in January playing football so yeah, you've you've got to be winning your division comfortably this year. But anyway, we've we brought it back to the 49ers again for the uh, <laughs> for the second straight matchup that's that's not the 49ers. Uh, Rob, any final thoughts on the Bills and the Cardinals? Uh, Bills have been given two and a half on the spread. Give me the two and a half. I'll take the Bills to win this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, like James said. Um, I like Calamari. I think he's awesome. He is the quarterback that. <laughs> Let's be controversial. He is the quarterback that Lamar Jackson wishes he was. Um, <laughs> totally agree. Fantastic. Carla Murray is fantastic. Glad he's having such a good season. Um, yep. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to this game. It's going to be a shootout. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah. Kyler Murray this year compared, is statistically having a better game, a better season than what Lamar Jackson was at the same point. Well, Lamar Jackson is a running back who occasionally throws the ball. Uh, that's the difference. Uh, Kyler Murray is a quarterback. Yeah, if you think what... If you occasionally think, runs a lot. <laughs> if, if, if you, like, Kyler Murray, he's, he's on pace for uh, 1,090 rushing yards and 16 rushing touchdowns. That, they're good running back numbers. But, mm. and this is, this is where Jackson was let down last season, Murray is on pace for 4,260 passing yards, 32 yeah. passing touchdowns, 32 yeah. uh, to, to 14 interceptions. Like they are, they are decent. They're, they're Jarrett Goff. coming out of college, for me, I, I had loads of question marks on him because he was very small. I didn't, you know, behind an average O-line, I thought he was going to get murdered, but you know, fair play, hats off. I doff my cap uh, to Kyle Amari because he has been absolutely sensational. He's made the step up and he looks like a really good freaking quality NFL quarterback. And um, I really, really, really enjoy watching him play. There's only two or three quarterbacks that aren't Indianapolis Colts quarterbacks that I enjoy watching. And Kyle Murray and Russ Wilson are two of those. Um, Lamar Jackson's great to watch from a fantasy perspective. I don't like watching him from an NFL point of view. I just, I don't know. Um, give me Kyler Murray all day. Who wins the MVP this season? Ooh, going into that again early. <laughs> I haven't even thought about it. I don't think it'll go to someone who I actually think deserves it, if you know what I mean. But, you know. I think, well, who I do think... you think deserves it? Kyler. Honestly. Mm. I think is possibly my MVP because if, if the Cardinals do go on a run, it's the record that hurts him, which is a lot to the defense, but he's sort of, you know, proving to be, he's putting a quarterback numbers and then running back numbers in the same game. And he's not, he's doing it on a weekly basis. Um, I know that's obviously talking fancy MVP, but in, in real terms, he's keeping them in games and he's doing hard work on, you know, third downs, fourth downs as well, getting those, you know, important move the chains yard. So, but I suspect it'll end up being, you know, the Russell Wilson. I really don't want to call it a sympathy vote because he has been exceptional. Um, well, looking at the betting. That way. And I, 
you know, it's a bit like when Ryan Giggs won Sports Personality of the Year in 09. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look at done nothing that year, but the only person who'd done anything of note in 09 was Jensen Button, and he came second. <laughs> Looking at the betting, um, Russell Wilson is pretty much... Well, he's pretty much Evelyn's favourite to win it this year, uh, followed by Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers' third favourite, and then it just kind of jumps off a cliff after them three. Uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, twenty-eight to one. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, thirty-three to one. Uh, don't ha, has a running. I think last one was AP, one... AP in two thousand and twelve. So Vikings and then... running backs. And then before then, it wasn't. It was like the eighties, wasn't it? And then running back. Oh, I've got a wrong position here. Maybe I've got the wrong position. But yeah, very rare for, for Dalvin Cook. But you can't argue with it. If he carries on like he is at the moment, he's got to be in with a shout. 28 to 1 for Kyler, though. Um, yeah, 28 on Bet365. Um, bizarrely, 9 to 1 on Skybet. So, oh, are kidding me? <laughs> it's, it's 28 <laughs> to 1. Yeah, 28 to 1 Skybet. Three, uh, sorry, 28 to 1 Bet365. 9 to 1 Skybet. Uh, and like 25 and 30s everywhere else. So Skybet, for some reason, are Kyler Murray fans. Probably guess... the same Probably the same guys that run the channel. <laughs> guess who I bet with? <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I have accounts with both, so I know where I'm putting mine. Um... <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's, we, we've had everything this. We've had, we've had college, we've had NFL, we've, we've not got betting. So if you are... If you are betting, <laughs> shop around for the best odds because as we've just highlighted there, Adam, you'd be proud. Um, different betting companies offer wildly different odds on different things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's that's our top tip for the day is a, is a betting tip. We're starting to make all the other pods insignificant here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, have, we have an empire to keep running. <laughs> Wonderful. So we head into the final matchup, and that is mine, where I'm going to be looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. And this is a really intriguing one because the Buccaneers, they were getting to a position where they were getting favourites for, for the NFC title. And Drew Brees said, nah, come on, come on, gents. And Drew Brees went into, into Tampa Bay and he absolutely dominated Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and came away with a 38-3 victory, 34, 30-something three victory over the hey. Buccaneers. So Tampa Bay, Tom Brady will have the biggest chip on his shoulder coming into this one. He is going to be playing angry. He's going to have a point to prove in a divisional game that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can still be something. Whether they can still be something, I, I don't know. It's It just doesn't seem like the right fit there with, with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. Like the, the, the amount of time that Tom Brady was having to hold on to the ball in that one, he just wasn't getting these short, sharp, passes and the, the timing routes like he he was used to in New England with with Julian Edelman um and Gronk etc and obviously Gronk was, was healthy just it's not the same kind of offense that he's he's been used to playing in and obviously Arians and Brady have both been in this league a long time that they're, they're very well respected and you've just got to start to wonder who's in control in Tampa Bay because I don't think Bruce Arians particularly wanted Brady uh, he, he certainly didn't want Antonio Brown, uh, but Brady Brady spoke up and Brady was able to, to convince the, the front office to, to bring him in. So it just seems like something is amiss. And their six and three record is not flattering them because they are a very talented team, but they are 
something is is not quite right and that the wheels could come falling off at any point. And on paper, the six and three Bucks playing the three and six Panthers, you, you'd think that the Bucks would walk it, but the Panthers are playing better than their record suggests equally as well. They pushed the, they pushed the Chiefs all the way last week and um, we were very unlucky not to lose them. And I, I've been so impressed with with Teddy and the way that he's he's running the offense with, with Rule there uh, down in Carolina. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey came back in last week, had 28 touches, absolutely dominated, but he will not be playing again in this one. He's got shoulder injury. I know that he has tried to go out and get a second opinion on this one because he, he, he wants to play. He feels like he's ready to play, but Carolina are just not willing to risk it. At, at three and six, the playoff dream's over. Uh, and it's I, I said this earlier in the week, Carolina are a team where I don't think there's any any danger of any coach firings at the end of this year. Um, it's it's first year first year coach Teddy Bridgewater again first year for him in this offense. So I think they will be content with getting as high a draft pick now as possible to to help them push on for next year. So the Panthers will push the Bucks in this one. Um, Teddy will Teddy will be forced to to pass the ball, but with with Curtis Samuel playing the way that he is at the moment, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, I'm starting all three of them in this one. Mike Davis is going to come back into the fray. He's not Christy McCaffrey, but as we've seen over the past few weeks when McCaffrey was suffering suffering from his high ankle sprain, that he's a more than capable replacement. And it's not the best matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you are still starting Mike Davis in this one. And then we look at the Buccaneers side of the ball, and this is where it gets a little bit murky because it is a really good uh, matchup for the for the running backs in this one against the Carolina team. But Rojo and Fournette, it is that age-old question we've been asking ourselves all season, who is going to be the one that breaks out? I believe it's going to be Fournette that, get, that gets the more fantasy points in this one, but whether that makes him a decent start or not, I can't be entirely sure because, it's again, it's, it's not great. Uh, the, running, uh, the wide receiver position, uh, Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller are questionable headed into this one. Uh, Mike Evans, I think he is going to rise a bit more to prominence for the rest of the season. I think he's going to step up and, and take that number one role because Antonio Brown, although we did have a few catches last week, he, he's just not the Antonio Brown that, that we're used to, that, that we know and used to love. So I, I think he will slowly peter out. Same, similar with Rob Gronkowski. It's Brady has been so instrumental in getting these guys back in there in the lineup with him throwing the ball, and it's just not quite working for them. So I'm hopeful that the Bruce Arians will step up and say, "Now we're feeding Mike Evans our absolute stud wide receiver the football for the rest of the season now," and hence why he was in my my trade four article earlier on in the season. So yeah, on the book side, you start in Godwin and Evans. Well, obviously if Godwin goes, you start in Godwin and Evans because you've the, the draft capital that you've invested into them. You start in Fournette. Ronald Jones is a deep flex play if if you absolutely have to. And uh, Tom Brady, you are starting as well. James, who's winning this one? Yeah, this is one of those that I tagging the potential upset category because. I'm like you, I really like the Panthers this year. And without CMC, I sort of have to give it to the Bucks. And, you know, with the Bucks having, you know, pretty much all their offensive personnel available um, is just one of those where for fantasy, you're probably going to be happy with the Carolina players. But when it comes to NFLs and score lines, it's going to be Tampa that are probably going to come away with the win. Um Fournette's probably the guy out of all that lot where 
you know, you, if if you if you sort of want to back yourself and you know feel that that hunch is right, you certainly want to go for here because it is a decent matchup. But when them t- when both Rojo and Fournette are both fit, it's hard to see one of them taking off. So yeah, it's. It's a bit of a struggle. Tampa Bay have too many mouths to feed in every position except tight end, but that's still a receiving position. So, yeah. Rob, which running back are you leaning towards? Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette in this one? Or neither. (laughs) You you can pick neither. Mike Davis. (laughs) Just sucks, doesn't it? It's the same with the Rams. Like, I was talking about the Rams earlier, mate. Like, we we touched on it earlier. I think you said about James. It's just... It's yeah. a rough, rough situation to be in. Um, it, I like both Fournette and Ronald Jones. But the problem is I don't like them both on the same team because <laughs> <laughs> one, one of them sucks each other, you know, just, uh, fantasy production. Um, let Fournette, go on, I'll stick Fournette in. Yeah, I'm still... Um, I'm still... Someone's come onto my hill that I died on, and someone is giving me CPR. So there is there is a slim I mean, chance that I might. I, I might, brought you a shovel. <laughs> I, might, I might survive the hill that I, I did previously die on. If, but um, if you get it, if you get it right, this choice, then it could be productive. Um, I don't know whether this has been said, but the uh, Panthers given up the sixth most yards, uh, sixth most fancy points to running backs um, per game. So you know, if you get it right, Fournette or Jones, it, it could be could be fruitful. Let's go Fournette. It feels like the Metcalf locket sweepstake. I mean, the the, the ceilings are, are quite different, but I I, I take your point. Um, but the Carolina, they are they they started at dead last in points for for running backs, so it they are improving from the rushing point. But I think that's more who they've played as opposed to because the, the Chiefs last week there was just no fantasy points to to the running backs in that one because Pat Mahomes, sorry Patrick Mahomes. Said uh, I'm going to put this game on my back and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to win it single-handedly. Which and Tyree Kill does. Yeah, exactly. And, and Tyree <laughs> Kill as well. Uh, I just wish it was the other way around. I wish Mike Davis had the favourable matchup and Jones and Fournette had the the poorer matchup because then that'd make your fantasy decisions a lot easier. But no, it is the other way around, and we've got decisions to make. But the consensus here at Full Ten Yards Fantasy say Fournette of the two. Anything else to add to this one, gentlemen? Not for me. Okay, our Zoom timer is ticking down. We've got two minutes and 43 seconds to close out the show. So, James, where can we find you on Twitter? As always, look out for me at NFL Hype Train. Toot toot. And, Rob, how about yourself? Uh, I am over at FF Brit Baller. I've been a bit quiet the last few weeks. Um, as we know, I've had a, a busy last month. Um, but I'm starting to ramp stuff up with the college team as well. Um, college season is getting very interesting really quick. Um, so go listen to us on a Wednesday night on the podcast. Um, and like I said earlier, a little quick plug for, for the mock drafts that we've been doing. Um, you know, fairly detailed uh, f- from from myself and Andy Moore. Um, and I think Lee's done one. And I, I think Kieran's done one as well, potentially. So, um, yeah, the mock drafts are going up now. I know it's months away till till the draft, but um, it's good to sort of... We're halfway through the, the, the college season um, and things are sort of starting to, to come into place. So go go check that out. Yeah, definitely head over to the, the college page to, to see what we've got going on there. And also the, the NFL page, the guys, Sean and the gang, are doing a great job on the podcast there as well. Uh, Tim, 
uh, someone's got to come in and knock him off his pedestal on the uh, the full 10 questions because because uh, uh, he is doing too well. So please, if you've got uh, a lot of NFL knowledge, please come and see if you can knock Tim off. But that is it. I have been David. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Make sure you head over to at F10Y Fantasy to, to check out what we've got going on. Of course, everything headed into the weekend and to ensure that you win your fantasy matchups. And we will speak to you on Monday. been listening to the full 10 yards fantasy podcast you can find us on twitter at f10y fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your american football needs from nfl general fantasy football college football and even brit ball thanks for listening and remember folks keep those eyes peeled (laughs) 